Welcome to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me, of course, is Jeremy Feinstone. We're contributors to the Fight Game Media Network. We have the new beginning in Sapporo on the way, just in a matter of a few hours. Jeremy, we already have questions pouring in from some of our uh, favorite listeners and viewers here. Uh, a lot of things on a lot of people's minds uh, when it comes to these shows. So we'll be looking at a pair of huge shows in Sapporo as the New Beginning Tour reaches its crescendo. We'll also talk a little bit about Fantastic Mania. We're going to talk a little bit about the Rev Pro show this past week, which features some New Japan talent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really feels, Jeremy, like the next chapter of New Japan is getting close to kicking into high gear. could start in just a matter of a few hours. You mean we're at the season finale, not the season premiere? That's sure what it feels like to me right now. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're going to roll through. And Colin's here. Colin, glad to see you. We got some questions from Dunstan Williams also that we're going to cover here. Uh, and uh, thank you uh, guys for getting in uh, some questions even before the show. The fact that we're getting questions before this show even begins or comes on the air shows you a little bit of how fired up people are about this weekend. And then the New Japan Cup which is soon to follow the anniversary show. Uh, you can tell that there's something in the air. People sense that there's change coming. Of course, there has to be, uh, doesn't there? So uh, it's an, an interesting period, and I think that the next two days are going to give us a good indication of what's to come. Not the whole story. I think that's still hanging on, but we're going to find it. We're going to learn a lot. If you are in North America and mm -hmm. you are an insomniac, Friday night is your night. Yeah, well, that's very <laughs> Friday true, yeah. night at 9 p.m. Pacific is when the new beginning of Sapporo show starts. And as mm -hmm. soon as it ends, you have the elimination chamber if you're still out. You're literally oh, running right on through. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the timing of those shows are actually pretty neat, aren't they? It, yeah, it, it I was double checking that just now. And I was just like, son of a bitch, that's a marathon. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, well, as you can see, I'm I'm all fired up. It's the beginning of soccer season here, MLS season in the United States, uh, starting off this weekend. So I will uh, be there, uh, of course, for my Austin FC Go Verde, and uh, we'll I'll, I'll be ready for that. But uh, yeah, we got we're have a show when I wake up tomorrow morning, and then uh, you know who knows I might put on some coffee and stay up uh, Friday into Saturday. <laughs> so in addition to all of those shows, we decided that we are going to have a show on Sunday at our normal time, recapping yeah. both of these shows so that you don't have to wait a full week for us to talk about the two nights of New Beginning in Sapporo. So at our normal time of 5.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, we're going to be here for an hour running down all the results and what it means and perhaps maybe a New Japan Cup lineup because uh, that seems like that's coming around the corner. And we'll have some finality about the anniversary show and what that lineup is going to be. So uh, check that out. That's part of our YouTube channel at fightgamemedia.com. In addition to Power Bombshells and the Dynamite Show, you can find those shows on our YouTube channel. And then on our audio feed, we have The Wrap. Uh, we have The Dynamite Show also there. We have In the Quench uh, sometimes. We also have uh, The Five Star Joshi Show. So check out all of those shows and uh, follow us and like and subscribe and all of those spiel. Now, we have a lot of stuff to talk about now that we got that out of the way. See you on Sunday. And, Stephen, let's keep on with the show. Okay. So the week began with Fantastica Mania. We had four consecutive shows on NJPW World as that tour wrapped up. Now, a lot of these matches were CMLL-centric and, and in a very good way. So we're not going to cover them too, like we're not going to just break down the shows like mm -hmm. we do for New Japan ones, just because they are kind of self-contained. A lot of the major matches contain mostly the Mexican talent, and it's not really New Japan's storyline uh, 
uh, Jason. So we will talk about some recommendations. We have some. I, I, most of the time, the New Japan guys were there. Were Ryusuke Taguchi? He was doing comedy. He had his little. Uh, it was the almost like a little mask. paper paper mask, a little paper pharaoh mask. They added some sound effects for some of his moves, which is kind of funny. And within the context of Fantastic Mania, I'm okay with. Let's not do it too much. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi was mostly in trio matches as they went along. Uh, he didn't goof off or anything, but he he didn't do a whole lot of note. He was just kind of in these little mid card uh, trios. And uh, House of Torture was represented by Kanemaru and Show, mm-hmm. generally doing just. Their usual heel shtick. At one point, they they pretty much abandoned poor Magnus to be uh, to be beaten in a a six man tag. But we got we got those guys. We saw a I lot think of Rocky people. Romero, probably the hardest working guy in New Japan this week. Yeah, <laughs> well, one of the, and you know what, low key, he is one of the most influential people in this era of professional wrestling. Oh, absolutely. And, call, and it's I made I made a huge nerd reference of him being uh, the next generation era of Spock where he brought all the different uh, people together that no one else could. And so everyone was cooperating with each other. And if it wasn't him and all of his different connections everywhere, none of this would happen. So mock me all you want, but the analogy is true. <laughs> no, I just hope this alliance between AEW, New Japan, and CMLL lives long and prospers. So uh, after that, we also had Titan and Bushi. They were there. They teamed up a few times. None of it was particularly noteworthy. They did do a faction tag team tournament, just a two-night deal. Uh, semifinals one night, finals the next night. Uh, it ended up in Chiba. Ultimo Guerrero and Stuka Jr. won that tournament. They beat Bushi and Teton and Nagoya in the semis, and then Volador and Magnus in uh, Chiba. Uh, Ultimo so, Guerrero uh, usually those wins. Those matches were a lot of fun. The, yes. The, the little three, the three pack of matches that we got there. Hiromu Takahashi was Kamai Tachi back in his old uh, outfit. Uh, there, well, it was a new outfit, but the uh, same uh, same Kamai Tachi gimmick, uh, but a new gear. And uh, Lij was mostly on the winning side since they're in big New Japan matches coming up. But they used the the guys that have all that experience. So you had, uh, you know, the Lij guys were Naito and Suji, who's been in CMLL. And, uh, you know, they use Doki, you know, of course, has a, mm. a long and extensive uh, Lucha background as does Desperado. So they use those guys. Uh, Shingo was off in England for the Rev Pro show. So he wasn't on uh, m- most of this tour, uh, you know, and so they mostly use the guys in, in New Japan that had the the Lucha experience. Uh, I don't know how much show and yo had a little bit as that when they were the Tempura boys, they sure. were mostly in ROH, though. But uh, yeah, and we saw Ruwaka and Starlight Kid face Laharochita and Yuvia. So that was a women's tag match. And that was uh, in uh, Korokan on the first night, which I believe was the second of a double shot for, for Ruwaka and Starlight. I think they worked yeah. a matinee stardom show and then made the trip. I thought I had that photo uh, in there. Bummer. No, that was to Chiba. That was to Chiba. There that was in Chiba. Uh, this match was stiff. I mean, Harachita and Yuvia worked this match like the Stardom girls owed them money. I mean, they, they beat the crap out of Ruaka and Starlight Kids. So whatever happened, they were going to go back to Mexico without anybody saying that they worked soft. Not that anyone was saying that in the first place. Uh, they have Mexican. Uh, the Mexican women have not been accused of working soft anytime lately. That, you know, it may have been true yeah. a few years ago, but my goodness, they they laid those shots in on uh, Ruaca and Starla. <laughs> Who can take it, right? But uh, the the Mexican women did go over there. The CMLL team did go over on uh, Starlight and Ruaca. Let me ask you this real quick: What night of the four nights did you think was the best night of viewing to watch? So, like the audience, mm-hmm. our audience were like, "Hey, I got to pick a night. I'm not going to watch all four nights." What, what night would you say to run through and it's, the, it's just the best, like, best one for you to say? 
for yeah, whatever. I, and, and Colin's asking, what did I think of that starter match? I like the match. I mean, Harachita and Yuvia are very good. So are Waka and Starlight. So I did, I did like the match, but it was, it was rough. That was a rough day at the office for <laughs> Ruwaka and Starlight there. Uh, but as far as the best show of the thing, I think the 18th uh, probably yeah. at Corican Hall was my yeah. favorite. And, and here are the matches from there. Uh, Doki I agree with you, by the way. Doki and Templario versus Soberano and Briante Jr. from Chiba was really good. But on the 18th, you had the Black Cat Memorial match. Yes. That was a really good air show. Just people flipping and flying all the way. One of the best you'll see. And then it had two singles matches to wrap things up on that show. Templario versus Soberano Jr. was absolutely tremendous. It was a wonderful match. Uh, and I, I loved it. And it led to an angle on the 19th in Corican where Rocky Romero convinced them to team together. Let's see how long that lasts. I, I have a feeling that could end in tears. But uh, Sobrano uh, did beat Templario in that one. It was a great match, though. I think that was the best match of the tour. I loved mm -hmm. it. And then uh, the main event was Volador versus Rocky Romero. That's one of the biggest matches in all of Mexican wrestling from 2022 and 2023. It was also good. They're very smooth together. They know how to work. Mm -hmm. uh, they had one of the hottest feuds, like I said, in Lucha Libre. And then Volador won it with a springboard off the second rope into a destroyer, which is a very cool move. And it was portrayed as a shock by the announcers and by, and the crowd seemed surprised. But uh, the destroyer is Volador's finisher. So that was that's <laughs> Well, when he went, <laughs> I knew what was going on, but apparently they didn't. But uh, that was the uh, they said, Wow, what a surprise! I'm like, Well, that is his finish, but uh, anyway, uh, the one the match that I would say, uh, people on the 18th should make their way to watch too is Teton versus Brilliante. Mm -hmm. That was an eight minute sprint, it was fantastic. People won't be talking about it enough because all the other matches on the on that card were also just spectacular. But man, they were they had their shoes on that night. The 19th was also good. The final night of the tour. It was also yeah. really good. The two Cork and Hall shows, clearly the two best. I think the 18th, a little better than the 19th. But uh, the 19th also had Atlante East Jr. over Hechicero. I uh, found out that the, the, a few years ago at Fantastica Mania, that was Atlantis's like first wrestling matches were part of Fantastica Mania when his father came over and brought him with him. And I remember he was just a skinny little kid back then. Uh, he has, He's filled out and he's uh, really turned into uh, a good worker. Uh, Mistico over Ultimo Guerrero. I mean, that's two of the two legends. So, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Mistico's uh, 41 now. Ultimo Guerrero's in his, his low 50s, so around the same age as Nagata and uh, Kojima. And in that category of guys who maybe don't do everything they did when they were 30, but can still work a hell of a good match. And then you had Mascarada Dorada. Mascara Dorada. I don't know. Hey man, I keep mispronouncing that. I apologize. Mascara Dorada against Stuka Jr. That is also a strong match. Uh, and this tour was partly about showing that you have Mistico, who is the legend and the top guy. Mm -hmm. But there's this guy, this 22-year-old Mascara Dorada, who is going to be the next guy. No question about that. And uh, this was portrayed that way. He got the main event win on the final night of the tour. And uh you know, we will have a fantastic mania in 2025. They mentioned that yes. it will happen again, thankfully. I'll tell you what, Jeremy, I would love to see at least one of these guys in G1. And I know that they don't want to part with their top stars for an entire month. You know, fantastic mania, you miss one Friday night in Mexico City. You can live with that. I know you don't want to necessarily miss a bunch of these guys for a month, but one or two, right? I mean, Mistico, Dorada, Volador, Templario, Hechicero, uh, Soberano, Atlantis, any of these guys for, for G1, mm -hmm. please. If you're going to do 32 guys in that tournament again, let's have a Lucha guy. Based off of how 
receptive Voldor felt about his family in Japan? Do you think it's possible that uh, he might be willing to, you know, take a little trip in August to Japan with the family? I would absolutely love it. And of course, what you're referring to is uh, he brought his son into the ring with a mask on, which I like because he's probably going to start his career as a masked wrestler. Uh, they they brought him into the, he brought him into the ring. He's nine years old and mm-hmm. said something along the lines of, you know, this is my son. He's the next generation of Volador uh, of Volador's and please take <laughs> care of him. <laughs> hey, right. And then they already said, you know, please take care. Watch out for him. Thank you for taking him. care of him so far. Please continue to do so. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then but, we also uh, saw- my money's on Hechicero because there there's a guy like that that isn't like the focal point around CMLL. You're not like he's a guy on their roster, mm-hmm. but he's clearly capitalized some popularity. So that's an excellent ambassador outwards that's mm-hmm. not going to completely disrupt the plan of CMLL if he were to take off for a little bit. Yeah, yeah Templario and Hedgesera are both excellent uh, guys in that category who aren't main eventing every single week in Arena Mexico might be able to explain away a, 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 an absence and uh, live with it. Uh, so I, I would love to see it, though. And, of course, if they wanted to bring in some of the smaller guys for Super Juniors, I'm not going to argue with that either. I, the, there's so much talent right now in CMLL that not all of them get on the Friday shows. So oh. it could be a situation where CMLL uh, can uh, go. Like, for instance, I've been watching week after week. I only see Zondokan about every other week. And we know how good he is. It's just that that's, it's a hard show to get on. Sure, sure, sure. All right. So that was Fantastica Mania and uh, a very enjoyable week. And like I said, not exactly uh, canon there, but there were a couple of things from uh, from that to look forward to. Like I said, they did give LIJ the wins because they're going to they have a big weekend coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. Desperado also did real well there, too. He's got a big match coming. And uh, they did a couple of little previews with he and show. Uh, but uh, most of the emphasis was on the uh, the Mexican guests there. They even had. Uh, Salvador Luderoff III, who was the grandson of the founder of MLL, there in the ring uh, with Kadani and with Tanahashi. So it was, it was a big event there. And, and it's just, it's good exchange for the cultures and the companies. But there were a couple of New Japan people over in England that weekend as well. Rev Pro ran an important show for them. And uh, on that one, we had uh, some New Japan talent. Zack Sabre Jr. was up there, of course. He mm-hmm. uh, defeated Connor Mills. Uh, underneath uh, the main event. Uh, and also, we were supposed to, Jeremy, have Shingo Takagi against Gabriel Kidd. But right. Gabe Kidd is hurt, and he didn't work the show. Uh, so He hopefully did not this even is... leave Japan. He yeah. wasn't allowed to leave Japan with the injuries that he had from... Makes that was not great. <laughs> yeah, let, let's hope that he turns out to be all right there. Uh, man, is he having a year? And, uh, well, you know, yeah. longer than that. But but Kidd has, has been one of the real... Bright on a chair. <laughs> Real bright spots in New Japan. So hopefully he is okay. Shingo ended up facing Trent Seven, which is a terrific match. I and mean, Trent knows mm-hmm. how to work. And uh, Shingo got the victory there. They always take care of Shingo over there in Rev Pro. And then, of course, the main event, uh, former New Japan wrestler. You forgot one, my friend. You Not, forgot well, a match. I went right to the main event because it's one of the better matches of the year. But Michael Oku finally got his win over uh, Will Ospreay. Yeah. And, but he would be, and then and I wanted to get to the other one too because yeah, okay. it, is, it is it is kind of a <laughs> not good to leave Will Ospreay for last. My apologies. Well, no, Osprey is not in New Japan anymore. But this sure. is one of the things that Rev Pro does very very well is a passing of the torch match. Because I, I flash back to a couple of years ago when Zack Sabre finally, at the time, finally put over Will Ospreay for that Rev Pro title. And it was such a big moment in Will's career. And it was so well built. 
They did it again for Michael Oku, who finally got the victory over Osprey. Uh, wonderful match went, what, 40-some minutes, 47 minutes? 47. Yeah, and uh, Oku got the victory, won the Rev Pro title, and just a, an explosion of emotion uh, as well because they did such a good job building that feud. But, Jeremy, tell us about the underneath tag team that made its debut on this one. My friend, Oscar Loibe and Yudo Nakashima made their debut here at the Rev Pro show. Yeah. Second or third match from the bottom. They defeated Kieran Lacey and Mark True in nine minutes and 25 seconds. Do you know what their team name is, Stephen Conway? They're like Youngblood, right? They are the Youngblood. Two words, yeah. Youngblood. And they come out there and they know how to rock. And they look like they're going to beat some people up. They look great. Uh, their personality shining through. Confident babyface team. Uh, this was every undercard tag match you'll ever see. Uh, they're incredibly competent for it being their first professional excursion tag team match that I've seen based off of where they came and everything they've seen. It's like they have applied all of their lessons and uh, they're going to be just fine. All right. Well, there you have it. So their excursion is underway officially now. They've had their uh, debut match as a team in Rev Pro. So Nakashima and Loibe. New beginning in Sapporo. Boy, you know, this is a card that has slowly built. You know, they kind of just leaked one a couple of matches at a time over the course of weeks, and it turned into a couple of the better lineups we've seen outside of Dominions and and uh, Wrestle Kingdoms. I mean, the, Jeremy, I'm really excited about this show tomorrow morning. It's going to begin on Friday, February 23rd, and uh, we've got Frontier Zone match to kick it off, but it's a it's just two loaded loaded cards i feel like we are not prepared for what's going to happen on this card there are there's this calm before the storm if you will where you feel like you got everything figured out of what they're going to do on these shows and i think they're about to kick our asses pretty hard with what our expectations are and what we're going to be going into the new japan cup uh with the results that we have we got oh. hair matches. We got title matches. We got stipulations to leave factions. I mean, if if they weren't trying to tell you, like, hey, hold on to your hats. I mean, hold on to your hats, you know? <laughs> it should be very interesting. Every single match on the card has something interesting about it. Both yes. days. And the, the, yeah. there's really there really aren't too many things going on here that aren't pretty important going forward. And uh, for Dunstan and Colin, we're going to get to some of the questions that you've posed to us before and sprinkle them in as we get to those moments in these two shows. Uh, Tyler's here, too. Uh, Tyler, good to see you. Uh, he said, uh, with... Yeah, and he just says, I uh, can't wait for this weekend. So much wrestling. And then we leave Monday for a week at Universal Studios, Florida. I'll enjoy right that. On, man. Good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, geez, Elimination Chamber, too. All kinds of stuff going. But, uh, yeah, uh, so we'll begin with the 23rd. And I wanted to mention that we do have a Frontier Zone match. We don't have a graphic for it. That's fine. It's Tomoya and Toru Yano against Shomakato and Tomoaki Honma. Uh, Tomoya has been a DDT guy for years and years and years. Uh, but he's also been freelancing a lot more in the last couple of years. We've seen him before. He's going to be uh, making uh, a couple more New Japan appearances up in uh, Sapporo there, which is kind of his part of the country. So Tomoya and Toriyano, of course, Toriyano has that whole Hokkaido, what is it, a sports ambassadorship or one of the one of the things as part of his introduction has to do with it. So uh, you gotta you gotta have those guys part of the card in Sapporo. All so part they of the will hustle. be. <laughs> 
Yuji Nagata versus Zack Sabre Jr. Now, besides this is going to be a great match, this is more of the storyline, isn't it, Jeremy, with uh, the Zack Sabre Jr. Brian Danielson dynamic where they are trying to face the same opponents. Of course, Danielson and Nagata faced each other recently. Now we get Jack and Nagata. What do you, or Zack and Nagata. What, what do you think we're looking at here? I think we are looking towards an anything you can do, I can do better match. And we're going to see the hints of whatever the final stipulation is going to be between the two, because I suspect however Zach wins is going to heavily suggest the kind of match that, they, that they're looking to do. So submission or uh, pinfall. I don't, I don't remember exactly how, like, I just went blank on how the uh, past two matches ended. But whatever the final one is, we're going to get that here. Well, Danielson won with the knee shot and uh, pinned him. And then Zach, of course, had the roll up in the scramble and pinned him. So it's been two pinfalls. You think it'll be a submission here? I think think we're looking at, like, Zach doing a submission and then whatever the final match is is likely a submission match. Well, I thought, you know, they mentioned the two out of three last time is what Danielson wants. He wanted two out of three. Maybe the whole idea is if it goes to a third fall, the third fall will be submission only. That's sure. Like if if Zach did a strike win for the first match and then uh, Danielson did what Zach did on the second time and then the third one is a submission, whoever gets it on that one. uh, Mm. That seems like the kind of uh, poetry that they would that they would create. There you go. After that, we'll have uh, Bolton Oleg, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Togi Makabe against Kanemaru, Yujiro, and uh, Yujiro Takahashi, and Ren Narita. This one feels uh, about it probably has the least heat on it of any match on the two shows. It's, it's a trios match. I'm sure Oleg will do some pretty impressive things, but uh, if this feels like a way just to kind of get a house of torture or victory here, doesn't it? Not only that, or it could be a way to keep House of Torture out of the way for the later matches uh, tonight. Mm, that's uh, also possible. If, if they manage to piss off Oleg just a little bit too much, some <laughs> of them might not be around later on tonight. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but it could go either way. This is one of those matches that it's very curious because however it goes, it kind of gives you ideas of how the rest of the night is going to go for House of Torture. After that, we will have Okada's second-to-last match in New Japan as a contracted wrestler. My goodness. So we will have uh, Yo, Yoshihashi, Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii teaming up with Kazuchika Okada to face Callum Newman, Francesco Akira, Hanare, The Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. And uh, the the two days here, we're doing these 10-man tags with Okada against United Empire and uh, the, the story here isn't going to be so much about who wins, who loses or anything. It's just a matter of saying farewell to one of the all-time greats. Yeah, you know, I'm, it's getting bittersweet. It's been bittersweet for a while. And I don't see Okada losing in any fashion or his side losing in any fashion in either of these matches. It just it doesn't make sense given how strong they booked him on the way out. So I think this is give the, give the fans what they want. And we're going to get 10 to 15 minutes of just, you know, prolonged Okada goodness. Hopefully Jeff Cobb's quad is healed up from uh, what we dealt with there in Osaka, where he gutted through a pretty painful injury to get through that cage match right there. So we're hoping that Jeff Cobb is closer anyway to full strength for this one. And uh, he can have his moments with Okada over those two days. So 
We will then see uh, match number, what do we figure, 907 between just five guys? 908. And 908. 907 last. Yeah, I knew I missed one. Okay. Uh, but we had, we had uh, you know, this, this is just a prelude to the five singles matches the day before. So, or the, the next day, rather. Uh, look for all the various matchups. Uemura and Suji, Sanada and Naito, Shingo and Taichi to have their moments uh, where they square off in this one. But uh, this is uh, strictly an appetizer for the five singles match series we'll see on the 24th. As we inch closer and closer to the LIJ Just Five Guys season finale. <laughs> Which I think we're all looking forward to. And oh Hooray. yeah, okay, well, well, Colin <laughs> mentions this as well, and he's exactly right. I hope Hanare is okay after he, what he went through in the cage match. Yes, where his skull was exposed for the love of God. He got hit so hard, so... Uh, yeah, hoping that all the members of United Empire are all right. Somehow Francesco Akira was. You could see the the gig marks on his forehead. He was roughed up, but he managed to get through Fantastica Mania effectively. Here's the thing about that. Hanare was the first to talk shit on social media when Gabe Kidd couldn't go at Pro. <laughs> so if Hanare can't go after he talked some shit on Gabe Kidd, Somebody's gonna get in trouble. <laughs> I think he's okay. I think he gets he probably got stitched up good, but I think he's all right. But uh yeah, the next one. Now this one we're gonna pause and talk a few things about because the, the whole stardom dynamic is, is an interesting one. We have this the IWGP women's title match. This is between the champion Mayu Iwatani, one of the all-time greats, and Mina Shirakawa, who is an excellent wrestler. And uh, this match is gonna be terrific. Uh, I've been watching the preview tags. They've been doing over on Stardom World, Jeremy, and they've been terrific. Uh, these two work very well together. I, I don't expect the title change, but nothing's for sure. Uh, they, they they could end up going with Mina there. Mina is certainly uh, both telegenic, photogenic, and, and charismatic. So somebody who could, uh, if Stardom decides they want to go a different way with Iwatani, I'm still leaning toward Iwatani winning this. What's your gut tell you? I think it's best for business. I think my Iwatani is probably going to stick around because there's an incorporation factor that we have to keep in mind now that yeah. Rossi is gone. And it seems like the obstacles of people cooperating and where they are wrestling these matches suddenly seems a little freer and uh, whether good or bad for representation for stardom. So I think it's kind of everyone's best interest that Mayu Iwatani is around, that she should probably have a belt for stability right now. And uh, nothing against Mina Shirakawa, but I just think Mayu Iwatani is the person uh, in the position. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about, like, Dunstan asked this. At this point with the Wrestle Universe news, Wrestle Universe bringing in what they're they're bringing in more companies, right? There's And, and Sendai Girls, I guess, are going to be on there with the archive and, and – uh, there's just a you know a whole thing with Wrestle Universe bringing in more and more companies. He's asking, should Stardom and New Japan World, Stardom World and New Japan World, be under one banner? And again, this all goes into this thought of what are Bushi Road's plans for these two companies as far as working together goes. We didn't see much of this where. Uh, the IWGP women's champion comes to New Japan and defends the title on a New Japan show, which is what we thought we were getting. Now we're starting to, or at least we have it here. Uh, we heard that there was supposed to be a women's match at Windy City Riot, but that's not going to happen now. Uh, <clears throat> should they go under one banner? Stardom World and New Japan World are very different services. Uh, and there would have to be a major, major 
IT integration of those two. Should they do it? I don't know. Here's the thing that you don't want to cannibalize two different income streams. So if you were going to combine them, it would have to be a, a bundle, I think, in the way that Disney, Hulu, ESPN Plus are, are bundled together, Jeremy, where it's not folding into one app, but still the three different apps. But I think it would be a smart move for Bushy Road to offer both maybe for the equivalent of two bucks a month less, you know, if you get both. You know, and, and, you know, and then getting them a la carte. I think that would be a smart move. I think that would get a little bit of traction. I don't see them just taking both and combining them into one service because then you have some stardom fans who wouldn't want to pay all that much extra for New Japan and probably a lot of New Japan people that wouldn't want to pay that much extra for stardom. So maybe a bundle more than just a complete merge of the two services is where I would, where that's the direction I would want them to take it. And the other thing is I would want them to fix Stardom World because it's trash. It's awful. <laughs> the interface is bad. Stardom World and oh. user interface is what have made it very difficult for me oh. to fully invest myself into it because it is a climb to get through it. There's mm -hmm. a couple of things that you have talked about here that I have been batting around in my head. First off, the cooperation between Stardom and New Japan. You are more likely to have Stardom talent intersecting onto a New Japan show than you are ever going to have New Japan talent wrestling on a Stardom show, for right. the most part, because just that's the way it's going to be. So there's a disparity there of the perception. So how you manage to get a rising tide to lift all ships is kind of what I think Bushi Rogue's approach is. Like, how can we get more eyes on stardom? How can that help New Japan? Will New Japan be more interested if we incorporate these stardom shows? Does stardom feel more important if we are focusing them on New Japan? Does insulated stardom within itself make that feel more important? That's kind of the crossroads that we're at right here in trying to figure out what Bushi Rogue's philosophy is the other one is Sturm has a show WrestleMania weekend in Philadelphia, right? Right. Yeah. Doesn't Ring of Honor have a Supercard of Honor also that weekend? So are we going to start seeing potentially like a Ring of Honor slash stardom intersection with some of the talent there because of the, the proximity and the relationship between Tony Khan and Bushi Road rather than Tony Khan and what his relationship with Rossi apparently was. So those are all factors that we have to keep in play. Are is the startup show going to be supplanted and lifted up by AEW and Ring of Honor women? Mm, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced Tony knows anything about what's going on in Japan. Right? No, but, like, you know, but like, if they're talking with Bushiroad, are we yeah. are we being silly to rule out this possibility in no, order to I get I don't think it's silly, but I do think it speaks again to this match that Mayu Iwatani is not losing that belt anytime soon because no. what's a bigger draw? Is Mayu Iwatani in Philadelphia to Hardcores or, or Mina Shirakawa and it's Mayu? Uh, but uh, if you want to sell those tickets in that building in Philadelphia, as far as integrating with AEW, I mean, we would all like to think so. And they've had things like, you know. No, I'm talking Ring of Honor. I'm thinking Ring of Honor. But that's AEW. They can sure, call it. But there are people in Ring of Honor. Like, I'm thinking Athena wrestling at stardom which will drive people way more insane than half the roster of the aew talent i'd love to see it but i i don't i don't think it's a priority for ring of honor i don't i don't see it as i don't i don't think it's a priority for tony i i just don't I, again i i don't think great wrestling is that important on the women's side 
for Tony because I think he likes personalities and skits more than he likes. He has Athena, but he also has Tony Storm, who's a great wrestler, and he seems to be pushing her a lot harder now that she's doing Agreed. skits and silly stuff. So again, you know, Athena is doing great matches, and he puts them on the ROH streaming service, <laughs> sure. and she's never seen. So uh, is he sitting there thinking, oh, think of all the great women's wrestling matches we could have? I'm not convinced Tony's cares that no. much. I, I think I think he's I looking forward to having is. he's looking forward to having Mercedes because she's a big draw. But I think again, we're going to get a lot of personality and and production out of that. I think the Mercedes acquisition is precisely why I'm giving more thought to him being open to stardom talent yeah, because he needs, he needs good wrestlers to face her. Yes, he doesn't have a ton of them. Yes, here we are yeah. now. You're yeah. now now we're getting. Somewhere. If he, if this is this is why the Ring of Honor stardom intersection on WrestleMania weekend is so interesting because I don't know if stardom really knows how to map out a, a successful touring of the United States and if they have that intersection with Ring of Honor and I'm not talking I'm specifically talking Ring of Honor because like a water testing and when stardom and New Japan and AEW do their thing. Tony's going to do his major announcement. He's going to do all these things. But if he does like the soft little test the waters with Ring of Honor and can it also increase that relationship, all of a sudden he might have a pipeline to some other women talent that have lately all seemed to go to WWE. Mm. And that, yeah. that part that I'm thinking long term is like maybe there's something to this and I don't love it, but there might have to be a plan and opportunity here that people have to take up. Colin mentions that Mayu has her movie coming out, so no chance she drops the title. Yeah, I mean, I think she'll be a champion. It could very well be IWGP yeah. when that uh, movie comes out. I think also, Julia my... is less likely to be a champion by the time April rolls around <laughs> in Mayu. I think so, too. Uh, Colin asks, has Thunder Rosa wrestled since she came back from injury? I know she wrestled in yes. San Antonio because it was kind of a big deal here that Thunder Rosa got back in the ring. Again, I'm not, I'm not sure Rosa's on the level of some of the people we're talking about either. I mean, really, it's what... AEW, it's like who's a elite as far as a wrestler in AEW? It's Tony, it's Athena, Serena, maybe maybe JC when she's uh, I mean, uh, um, geez, she got hurt a long time ago. The British girl, uh, uh, Fred. Uh, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Hader, Jamie Hader, uh, Jamie Hader is pretty good. Uh, sorry, Jamie, uh, I uh, I just blanked on the name. Uh, Jamie Hader is, is pretty good when she's healthy, so but after that, there's a pretty steep drop off. Serena so. Deeb, yeah, maybe. I, but you don't it, like it doesn't, Deeb? I mean, fine, she's okay. good, but she's yeah. good. But I mean, you know, you're talking about it's it's a different level. I think Serena Deep can go, my man. I think yeah, she, she can go. go. I mean, she can go, but I mean, does she have? I, I think if you put her in a match with Stardom Talent, I think you'd be like, God oh, damn, yeah. Serena Deep. No, no, no. I mean, she would. She would be good. I'm talking about like someone who you could have. You know, if you're going to pay Mercedes, which he's paying Mercedes, yes. you want to sell pay per views off it. Yes. And I mean, I'm just saying, like, who could actually draw on pay per view? I see. Mercedes? This is going to talent. Sorry. This is this is a this is star. Who, who's going to who's the box office? Yeah, who's boxing? So once it's, we get to Baker and Jamie Hader, we're we're uh we're starting to scrape because Tony Storm is gimmick yeah. isn't working for us. <laughs> no, no, no. That's no, that's not what I'm, I'm saying. I, I'm like that's Tony me. and Mercedes. That's me. <laughs> Tony and Mercedes would have a phenomenal match. Tony's on that level as far as the if rest she go. got rid of that gimmick. I, I absolutely well, if she that. drops the gimmick while she wrestles, 
That would be one thing. You can do the gimmick, but then wrestle like Tony Storm, and you could have that match. Wrestle like Tony Storm. But uh, Hater, maybe. uh, But you think that, you know, Athena, certainly. uh, It's But after that, there's a pretty steep drop-off as far as star power and talent goes on that. So, I mean, uh, Riho always gets over, so you could do something with that. But she's but, only there for like three weeks at a time. She's been there for three weeks and then she's gone I, for 25. <laughs> you're paying Mercedes a lot of money and they don't have a ton of people. I mean, you could get a match out of Britt Baker and Mercedes could probably carry Britt to get something out of that. Uh, Britt's not very good in the ring, but she could at least be carried for a while. It's, it's you know, it, it's an interesting thing because he's paying her a lot of money for a while. You know, you got to find opponents. So I'm curious. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but. But the, getting back to it, we're kind of digressing. could be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, the thing is with this, but how are they? I think that this is the right arrangement, is the IWGP Women's Champion defending on big New Japan shows. I think that is the smart way to do it. It is a way to showcase various stardom wrestlers by bringing them in and getting them a little bit of exposure uh, there because the New Japan audience is larger. And uh, hopefully get those people to check out stardom, which I think is the, the correct strategy for this. So I think we're inching in the right direction here. Uh, I got so we'll one see. last question for you about this, because you are the stardom watcher. Okay. How impactful is her having that title to the greater stardom like landscape? It's My- secondary to the stardom titles within stardom. So when you're watching a stardom show, you really feel like Micah's the world champion. She's the world of stardom champion. She's got the red belt. That's the big one. Sayori Anu has the white belt. That feels like a bigger deal. Anything Iwatani does is a big deal because she's one of the biggest stars. But the IWGP women's title within the universe of stardom doesn't feel as big as the white or the red belt, which just has more history behind it. So there's no impact to her losing this title in the middle of the card of a stardom show. She would still be one of the biggest stars in stardom either way. Uh, and, but there's, here's, here's the other thing that the world of stardom champion, Micah is in the same faction as Shirakawa. Would they want those two belts concentrated perhaps to give that newish faction a monster push if they wanted to do that. But similar to new Japan, they like to spread the belts out among the factions unless they're really pushing somebody hard. Uh, so again, I think Iwatani, Colin mentioned it. She's got a movie coming out about her life. She's the biggest star. I, I, and again, she's the right person to elevate others in the eyes of New Japan fans who maybe don't follow stardom on a regular basis. So it, it still smells like a title retention here. Yeah, I, th- I think we're on the same page. No. Like I said, anything could happen. So confident if we are about anything, we're not confident about it. <laughs> no, especially because again, we've as we found out. There are a lot of things at play here, including some of the corporate folks at Bushy Road who seem to be uh, influencing Ogawa. And, and this is the other thing I was thinking, Jeremy, too, while we're on this. We found out that Rossi Ogawa was having booking decisions dictated to him by Bushy Road. The idea now that Ghetto is totally independent and making all of his own decisions looks a little silly now, doesn't it? Because Ghetto is not in rossi ogawa's position to say anything about it and he wouldn't anyway because in kayfabe purposes he's not the booker right you know but the idea that ghetto now has just been doing whatever he's wanted to over the past few years i i it feels a little silly to think of it that way now now that we know that you know ogawa had because of bushy road ogawa had fu money because he sold him the company and eventually he said f you and i'm out of here right 
but ghetto doesn't have that. So, I mean, if, if Rossi was being interfered with, it does make you wonder is like how much, how much are some of these booking mistakes to blame from ghetto and how much is pushy run? We'll never know. We'll never Luke know. Luke think ship, my friend. Well, there you go. But yeah, I mean, it is a point where when we're criticizing ghetto, we do have to wonder is like, how is this ghetto or is this somebody in bushy road just saying, well, that guy needs to win because he sells more t-shirts. He's that guy sells more t-shirts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Colin mentions Mayu is the biggest star in stardom. She's not called the icon for nothing. And yeah, they have shirts and everything referring to her as the icon that's on her video presentation when she comes out. And she is the star. We also have this one, though. After Mina Shirakawa and Mayu Iwatani, we will be seeing the junior heavyweight title on the line, Desperado versus Show. Interesting one here because, of course, Show basically irritated Desperado enough to put the title on the line. I was just looking at the New Japan website, the preview for this show. It doesn't mention a word about show joining strong style if he loses, but Chris Charlton mentioned it at Cork and Hall. They've, you know, alluded to it in backstage comments. I don't know if that's an official stipulation. You know, it, it didn't, it doesn't specifically say. But uh, that was the what was laid out there in Osaka. Desperado just saying, you know, you'll be getting me. Uh, Melon Pond, if you uh, lose this match, saying that he's basically going to be his gopher and um, the junior member of Strong Style. Uh, but now that's not really officially on the website. So I don't know. Either way, it's uh, IWGP junior heavyweight title match. Uh, I am into this match only on the basis of if Desperado wins, because if uh, if he doesn't, I'm going to be super annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, me too. I, I think it's way, way, way too early. There's another thing we have to think about. And we'll get to the world title match later, but there is an anniversary show that they need to sell tickets for on yes. March 6th. <laughs> you have show and Desperado Naito and Sonata. To me, there is no question that the sexiest matchup of those, the ones that would, the one that would sell the tickets is Naito and Desperado. It's the best match. Uh, you can say that, you know, show with house of torture against Naito and all that. I just have a hard time seeing them put, that as the main event of the anniversary show so for the anniversary show purpose if there was no anniversary show i'd be less certain but i really feel like desperado wins this don't you this Please. is where, where <laughs> the curse of their booking kind of hamstrings them because this plausible deniability i mean i feel like this was never we were supposed to have wato and show at some point and then we yeah. were going to be heading in a different direction uh then perhaps this or this was always going to be the plan at some point whether it was this early or not uh this could be a lot of fun but you are almost guaranteed some aspect of house of torture bs uh based off of the conversation we had what 20 minutes ago before we uh went down the stardom hole <laughs> well yeah uh, this this could be the match people talk about even though there's so many eyes on every other match of this show this does have potential, but I'm not prepared to say this is the one that's going to steal the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, show is a good wrestler when he wrestles, but he's in house of torture. And sometimes the gimmick is more important than that when it comes to the booking. It's, you know, it's, you know, you, we know that Kanemaru is a great wrestler. We know that show is a great wrestler. We know Ren Narita can wrestle. It's just a matter of sometimes they just don't because it's a house torture thing. So, 
Uh, yeah, and I, I, but I lean toward Desperado just because they have a couple of things where the junior heavyweight champion has to draw. Yeah, I, I remember we were talking about the scenario of the Sonato versus Joe or Sonata versus Desperado or Desperado versus Naito, mm-hmm. and it just Desperado versus Naito seems like the best one of those to do. Seems like the ones that would sell tickets. And Dunstan asks, do you think it's a bad time to take the belt off Despy when he's a draw for the junior division? Yep, sure do. I think that would be a mistake. I think, <laughs> I think, if, it would be a mistake. think if you're going to have Hiromu holding the title for a calendar year and then have the next guy not be able to hold it for eight weeks is kind of a bad look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, after that, we will have another title. There are a lot of title matches. Uh, we have the never open weight title match. This is another one that we can debate. It is the champion, Evil, uh, defending against Shota Umino. Again, this is all something where we're kind of going through a course correction here. I, I believe that, you know, Tamatanga won the title and then announced he was leaving in that order. And it sounds like it was probably in that order to New Japan, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we are. They had to get it off of him. They put it on Evil. Question is, was this just a transition to get it from Tamatanga over to Shota Umino? So with that in mind... If we are doing a reset, if Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada and Tamatanga are all gone from what is effectively the babyface side here, it feels like it might be time for Shota Amina to win this thing. Now, I made a note of this when I was looking at this, and and I I think I know where you're going to go too. How many times have we thought, okay, this is the big win for Shota? It seems like it happens every other month. We're like, okay, this is the time when Shota is going to get uh, the win, the, the big win here, and it never friggin' happens. So, ah, if it weren't for all that, I would think definitely Shota. It might be, but I can't feel confident about anything when it comes to him because they seem to just want his big win, whatever that may be in their minds, as that carrot on that stick. Do you think we finally get the carrot, Jeremy? I don't think so. You think he? You think Evil's retaining? I, this is one of those that they could go either way. So I'm looking here, and these are the title match opportunities that Shota Umino has had in the past. He has lost to Will Ospreay at Historic Exover, mm-hmm. uh, and that was for a IWGP United States title match. He lost the New Japan World Television title to Zack Sabre Jr. in 13 minutes. And then he lost again to Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Title Match. I don't rule out that this being the time. I also don't rule out that the general philosophy of how much time they have to let these guys cook before they start giving them big wins, that philosophy has changed. And this is going to be the first opportunity for one of these guys now that Okada is taking off and Tanahashi is in charge for us to see what the booking style is going to be. Are they going to let him simmer? Are they going to wait a little while and make the fans work for this big first title win for one of these uh, former young lions turned next generation? Or are they go- Are they just going to say, we're putting the finger- pedal on the gas and we're going for it? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it were me, I would go for it. I would just be like, put the belt on him and just have him look strong and then find a challenger for him in the New Japan Cup. Have him go far. Everything will be great. No problem at all. Uh, but that's also a disparity in who has belts if House of Torture is going beltless going forward. Maybe you just put the never open weight trios titles back on them and, and kind of figure that whole thing out. There is, this is without a doubt, 
the biggest crossroads match that they have in all of the shows, even more than Yoda and Yuya with their hair match and Sonata and Naito. This one is telling the audience exactly how they're moving forward with their plans with these, with these guys that are the next generation. I thought it was telling that they took Narita and Shota, which looked like it was going to be going for a while, and there's no doubt it'll go on for years. But for now, they put a pin in it, right? They have that one big match, and they gave Shota a pretty pretty solid win in that one. And then they put a, they're put they putting a pin in Suji versus Uemura. Like part of the interviews of this have been about how we're going to settle this, and then we're going to move on from each other because this is killing both of us. If you're going to do that, if you're not going to have them paired up because you have the other guys that are on top that you didn't know you were going to lose, you know, uh, then yeah, it feels like it's the reason you would take them away from one another is to launch them and then bring them together again when they're the top guys. I feel like this is the beginning for Umino, and yes, I have felt it before, <laughs> but I do think I do think that Shota does win this and go into it. And there's some points made here by the audience that I want to get to here, but. You could just have him feud with Ren if you weren't going to send him to the top with a title. You could just have him keep that feud going with Ren. And they intentionally they ended that and moved on for now. And they're going to come Yuya back to it. And, that's what they did with Yuda and Yuya. You know, like yeah. they have kept the thing going all the way through. And sure does seem like it was supposed to be Ren and Shota for a little bit while longer. And then everything kind of changed. Mm. And it will be again. But Colin says that uh, Shota has to win here surely. Well, all right. He feels confident. Dunson says, let's say Shota wins. Do you think his chances to win the New Japan Cup decrease? Yes. Uh, if he doesn't win here, he's definitely one of the favor favorites for the New Japan Cup. But, but you know, there are a lot of people that could win the Cup. We're going we're gonna to talk about that in a little while, who we think are our Cup uh, favorites a little bit. We've got some ideas. But uh, Venkin mentions this too. Venkin's here. And uh, Dunson, we're glad you got out early and uh, could join us, by the way. Venkin says, I'm still believing in Shota Moxley at Forbidden Door. The student and the teacher have to fight sometime, right? And that, and that would be an excellent time to do it. Uh, and, uh, oh, Dunstan mentions one thing from earlier. Do you think it's time to turn show face again with him being very popular before the pandemic? If Desperado wins and if they hold to that where he has to join Strong Style, then I think that's where it goes. I think that's where it goes. I think they turn show face off of that. I don't think he just, you know, uh, bothers uh, Desperado and then goes back to House of Torture. Maybe he fakes like he's going to turn baby face and then heals on him and things. But to answer your question, Dustin, I think it would be a smart move. I, I think they're kind of wasting show in that role. Uh, Kanemaru can work. Because he's still a good wrestler, but he's in his 40s. It wouldn't hurt him to dial it back a little bit and do the house of torture gimmick for a little while, but show he's still got good years out of, he, he could be doing something else. Uh, so, and, and I felt the same way about Taiji Ishimori, you know, who doesn't need to be in bullet club anymore. I don't think it serves him. So yeah, that, that, that was, my I think, thought. uh, I think I, for me, the play would be the slow burn of just Hontai turning show back. And then like him be faced with a, like, crossroads moment later on in uh may or june or whatever let this thing play out and he has to decide for like in the heat of the moment what side he's gonna take and then we either are affirmed or our hearts are broken yeah but this is this got the makings of a good three-month little subplot 
And here's a great point from Dustin here. New Japan literally can't afford not to put some new guys in the forefront. (laughs) Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Uh, And he also mentions a bad dude, Tito. Big Teats would be a good first challenger for Shota. Hey, if it brings more bad dude, Tito, to Japan, all for it. Absolutely. I I think that that guy is a much bigger star than he has been portrayed so far. I think he can do a lot. Royce Isaacs, too, by the way. Let's get a little bit of love for Team Filth here. Uh, but you Shout know, out to Jarrell Nelson as well. While we're on it, Jarrell's terrific. Uh, you know, I, I'm just going off of his performance in that G1 with uh, when Tom Waller yeah. came over here. I'm still impressed by it. Yeah. So, I, uh, but you you said it really well here, Jeremy. This is going to tell us a lot about what kind of guts New Japan has right now. <laughs> it's like, are right. we really going with the kids, or uh, are we going to go with the people who have been selling shirts for us for a while? And this, so this could be a bit of uh, the bean counters versus the art artistic guys here uh, in in a way apparently my dog's coughing up hairballs so don't mind oh no <laughs> well all yeah, right there you right back down like a lazy butthole <laughs> we still have two more title matches to talk about from uh tomorrow gosh tomorrow's a big day hiroshi tanahashi and matt riddle for the television title so been thinking about this one another one that could go a lot of different directions here so Riddle as TV champion, off the top of my head, doesn't make a ton of sense because he's not necessarily going to be in New Japan full-time. However, beating him his in his first major singles match also doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, a draw is always possible, but not particularly satisfactory. So you could talk me into either guy going over here. They might just beat Riddle... Just, you know, just have it be like a little roll up and a pin uh, and to have Riddle go off into something later. He's another guy that could end up winning the New Japan Cup if he doesn't, uh, you know, like I, I mean, I'm not going to pile on to this, but as long as he stays out of trouble. Uh, but he is a contender for that, right? And uh, But you could also, you could put him in the TV title thing. It just seems, he as a TV champion seems strange to me. I don't know, what do you think? How many titles do you think are going to change hands tonight? I mean, you got to think what, at least four title yeah, matches. At, we got at four, least, right? There's got to be at least one. There's four title matches, right? Yeah, there's yeah. The TV, there's the well, never. There's I think the I think I think Shota's going to win the never. I don't think Sho is going to win. I don't think Shirakawa is going to win. So five singles matches with title matches. Yes. Right. Wow. That's correct. A lot of title matches tonight. You got to flip a couple of titles, right? <laughs> yes, and yeah, and this could this could definitely be one of them. I, I think okay. I still think the never title is the most likely, but they could do it here. It just, if if he seems they like a strange had not TV spent the entirety of last year with that Saber Junior as the head of TMDK holding the New Japan TV title belt, uh, World Television title belt, and that using that as almost a main event act at sometimes and propping up undercard shows. Matt Riddle seems like a kind of guy that they would do exactly the same thing and put him in front of another stable, whether new or existing, and mm-hmm. just have him be that guy for the next year. You know, in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, they said they gave him a year-long visa. Like, uh, New Japan got him a year-long visa yeah. for him. So he's going to be around this year. Well, maybe New Japan Cup, you know, all these things, like setting up feuds. You know, like I think we need to get ready for a little bit of a uh, of riddle time for the next uh, for the next ten months is, is what I'm thinking. 
Benson says, if Riddle wins, I'm blaming President Tana because he has the power to stop it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, it's so, I mean, I suppose, yeah, you might have talked me into it. I was thinking more of a New Japan Cup run for him than a TV title run, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean he can't do both, to be fair. I mean, you, you could do both. I think That's you need thing. a statement win out the gate with Riddle, and Tanahashi is no longer at the level where it's going to destroy the promotion if he were to lose to a new guy on the first night. It's also a way, and you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning toward Riddle is because you would you had to get the thing off of Zach because I think they have bigger plans for Zach. I think he's yes. going to be top guy, Jen, basically, is how it's going to end up. He's going to take that spot. With that in mind, you can have him lose to Tanahashi. No one's ever hurt by, really hurt by losing to Tanahashi. But you don't necessarily want Zach to lose to Riddle just because you right. have those plans to launch. That's so- a match down the line. All right. Yeah. Don't do it now. Don't do that yet. You know, so this might just be a thing where Tanahashi's like, well, I'll take it for a little while and get it to Matt. And that way we don't have to see Zach losing the mat. Zach can go on and, and to bigger deals. So it's that's, do you. Do you remember oh, how this started? And how this yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the riddle video. And then Tanahashi basically said, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. <laughs> so from the get-go, not a big raw set watch. up. No, I think it's all storyline. I think it's all like, oh, you didn't know my name. Now you know my name. Okay. There you go. And uh, I think that might be what we end up having. Like, I didn't know his name. Now I know his name. That may I, be I, 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 I and I also just go back to his first big singles match. If you got him the visa for a year, it is weird to beat him. He'd be an odd TV champ, but he could probably handle it for a while. That's where I'm at. And again, it still goes against everything they said the TV title was going to be, but I think we can just dismiss that altogether, can't we? Can't we just forget that ever happened? They never saw it. Uh, Different different executives, different philosophy. (laughs) That's very true. Very true. The global title, this new one right here. This is the first defense, I think, isn't it? Uh, The IWGP global title, David Finlay against Nick Nemeth, the former Dolph Ziggler. Certainly an interesting one here, uh, but uh, Finlay getting the main event of a very loaded card. So Nick Nemeth, David Finlay, global title. I expect a retention here just because Nemeth is mostly going to be working for TNA. Not that that means they can't work together, but this seems like a title and a run for the War Dogs that is designed to get David Finlay over. I don't think you interrupt that for Nemeth here. Uh, I feel like Finlay is a guy that they really want to put the rocket on. Now, you had an interesting theory, though, about mm-hmm. how this could go Nemeth's way. To, and, and it is intriguing. So go ahead and share that, please. Well, if they were to just have Finley get the credibility like he did in the press conference talk about how he beat Will Ospreay in his last two matches, he got the visual pinfall at Wrestle Kingdom and then in the new beginning to Osaka, David Finley got the pin on Ospreay. If they believe that that is enough credibility for him to move forward and springboard him forward, they could have Nick Nemeth win this title. We have talked about how the global title is the title that you go outwards and people challenge you as a representative of New Japan. And if he's going to be at TNA and he is going to be at all these other promotions that theoretically have a relationship already with New Japan, what's to say Nick Nemeth isn't the global champion going to TNA? going to MLW, doing all these other matches. It is not completely outside of the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, How much would I hedge on that? I'm 50-50. You know, like, I'm not 
I'm not fully invested in this theory, but there's also this idea with David Finley that he did these things. And if he were to lose the title right now and then go into the New Japan Cup wanting to absolutely wreak hell on everybody and destroy everybody in his path on the road to winning the New Japan Cup when he came so close last year, losing mm. to Sonata in the end, that's also a story. And mm. that's why this one is so interesting. I think they're going to be the traditional route. David Finley is going to win in his title defense, and they're just going to keep building him up. But that's the reason why they might not. And as we've been saying, nothing is for certain right now in New Japan. They, with the top being completely blown up, they can reset this however they see fit, and they have given no indication of how they're going to do it. Yeah, and so, yeah, you make a compelling point right there, is they could use that as a way to just launch his anger, which is part of the War Dogs gimmick, basically. I don't even want to say gimmick. It's their persona, it's their character, is that these guys are just beyond pissed at how they've been treated over the years. Uh, to have him lose the first time out and then just have him spaz out, just lose his shit about that, and just start killing everybody, that could be a compelling thing for a heel to do. Uh, I, again, I still think that this global title is made mostly to get him over. So I think that's probably right. what they're going to keep it on him. Uh, if I had my bet, I would lean toward Finlay, but you make a compelling point and either way it'll, it'll, uh, it'll definitely, uh, matter going into the new Japan cup big time. Uh, Venkin mentions this. What I want to know is how much influence does Nakamura bringing Nick into contact with them do for him? Uh, no, well, I, I'm not really sure what I'm not, I'm not totally, do you know what yeah, I mean? I, I think he thinks Nakamura was the one that got Nemeth in touch with mm. New Japan. No. And I don't know anything about that. Yeah, yeah. So I I had my wild hair up my ass theory that Nakamura might surprise show up uh, sometime this weekend. Now that Riddle is in that final match on the 24th, I'm going to pull back on a little bit of that because I really don't think they want Riddle and Nakamura anywhere near each other uh, in New Japan for WWE optics. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Dunstan had a question earlier that he wanted to put. He said, and, and it, it relates to the cup. It relates to the Should New Japan use their partnerships? Since we're talking about this thing with TNA, talking about MLW, should they use their partnerships more for these tournaments to bring in fresh matches? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And especially because they've expanded the fields, right? The G1 has 32 guys in it. You could certainly have someone from CMLL and someone from AEW in there. Absolutely. Yes. You could certainly have people in the New Japan Cup from any of these companies Josh that they Alexander partner with. Josh the G1? Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Super juniors. Again, there are a lot of great junior heavyweight talents in these other companies. Bring some of them in and create fresh matchups. Uh, all day, yes. I, I think especially because they have expanded these fields so greatly, we don't necessarily need to see, you know, Yujiro Takahashi in the G1. I keep picking on him, but he's the only bad wrestler on the roster really that that actually can't have a good match like show could just doesn't same with all, all of the house <laughs> of torture guys but uh you know usual is the guy that he actually if he wrestles his best it's still ugh. so I mean, he doesn't need to be in these let's get somebody else in there you know uh speaking of bullet club did you happen to catch that leo rush apparently joined bullet club by uh two sleeting with chris bay over the weekend Oh boy, uh, Leo. What are we gonna do with Leo? I, I miss Leo. I, I do hope he comes back there. To, to I don't know there. when he comes back to New Japan, but he may be wearing the uh, the skull and bones. I wouldn't back. mind seeing Chris Bay back either. By the way, I know there's only so many spots and so many places mm -hmm. and so many places, but but we do have Super Juniors coming up, and you can do some interesting things with some of these. Absolutely. Guys. Yeah. Moving on.
Yeah, let's move on. So that is the 23rd. So again, that's that's tomorrow morning. We'll be able to watch that one tomorrow morning in the U.S. We can watch it. And then uh, if you stay up nice and late and brew a pot of coffee, get some popcorn, you can stay up on Saturday, February 24th. And that is going to be from the same building in uh, Sapporo there, Hokkaido. And another front, uh, Frontier Zone match, by the way, Tomoya and Yano will face Katsuya Murashima and Honma. So between the two days, each of the two young lines will be teaming with Honma in that Frontier Zone match. So they'll get some reps in front of uh, a pretty what's going to be a pretty big crowd. Then we have this one here. Uh, we have a 10-man tag, a bit of an all-skate to begin with. We have uh, Bolton Oleg. Uh, we have Yo who is not in the chaos match uh, a little bit later. He's replaced with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And we have Makabe, Desperado, and Shota Umino facing Evil, Asho, Ren Narita, Yujiro Takahashi, and Kanemaru. So you have House of Torture right there. So uh, we will find out. If card is subject to change? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're going to see who has these belts, right? I mean, we're going to find out who has these belts uh, when it comes down to it. Uh, if, it if it's Evil and Sho carrying hardware in, uh, or not, but uh, either way, this will or be, even uh, if that stipulation about show is still a member of House of Torture, yeah, yeah, well, that see. even happened. The does Dick deal. Togo does Dick Togo have to step in while show is uh carrying uh Desperado's towel back to the, the locker room from uh being in his uh being in his uh, tights to start off with? Could be interesting. Uh, I guess we'll find out very early on whether that stipulation sticks or not. After that, we have. Here it is. Second match on the card, Jeremy, really. I mean, unless you want to count Frontier ma uh, Zone match. But it is the final match of Kazuchika Okada in New Japan for now. Uh, he's technically a freelancer. This is, you know, but still uh, his last match here. Okada, Tanahashi, Ishii. So the now former trios champions. They did indeed vacate the title, all of them apparently. Uh, teaming with uh, the, one of the best tag teams in the world, Bishamon. So you have uh, Bishamon and the six-man tag champs, former uh, here, uh, Yoshihashi Goto, against United Empire. Could be the new TV champion, Riddle, with Cobb, Okan, Francesco Akira, and Hanare. This time, Callum Newman steps away uh, uh, from the UE side. I'm going to pause you right there. Hmm. I'm going to call this Matt Riddle and the United Empire because there's never been an indication that Matt Riddle is actually in United Empire. Okay, that's fair enough. The intrigue for me here, uh, Jeremy, of course, we're going to have this match. There's going to be some sort of big moment after this one. Uh, I could see either uh, any member that's not named Cobb or Riddle getting beat for United Empire here if they wanted to go that way. Uh, it just doesn't feel like any of those guys on the Hantai Chaos side are going to lose. But after that, we have two factions standing in the ring with no leader, officially. Osprey gone. After this match, Okada's gone. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be right there and then. But we could see some machinations of what happens to these two groups if they do start to split up and scatter or... If a new leader steps to the forefront, we may get a, if we don't get the angle itself, we might get a strong hint as to where it might go. What do you think? I like what you're putting down here. It could be a, it could be a post-match angle of, you know, some new alliances slash uh, new feuds as well. Yeah, but... I, I really think it's going to be more of a hint than an angle because I think the emphasis is going to be on Okada and only Okada. And I don't yeah. think they'll have anything else to really overshadow it. The only thing they could do here is if Okada just named the next leader of chaos. Uh, but that would be uh, something. I, I feel like we're going to get a hint more than the big angle. I think the emphasis is just going to be on the hugs. 
yeah, I think uh, I think it could be light and fluffy, if anything else. You know, maybe we'll get some Okada Riddle intrigue uh, out uh, at some point in the match, but there there's probably going to be something. There's probably going to be a lot of emotion because this is it. <laughs> this is it. Mm-hmm. And you've got uh, Okada's ride or dies in there. You know, you got the guys that have been with him the longest through this entire journey. You know, when he came back at Wrestle Kingdom, he wrestled Yoshihashi. You know, like that yeah. opening match, he wrestled Yoshihashi yeah. later on. You know, like he's gone through it with all of these guys. Absolutely. It is, it is going to be a special moment. And, uh, I don't know if I'm prepared for it. And I also haven't like talked about it in a way where it's like, oh my gosh, this is it. But this is it. And Benkin mentions, is Hanare medically okay now after that bloodbath? We haven't heard otherwise. And remember, they have Callum Newman in the wings, but uh, they I feel like they would have announced it if he weren't by now. Yeah. So I, I, just, I think that when he talked a lot of smack to Gabe Kidd, I figured he was fine because you yeah. can't go on social media. And talk about how someone isn't tough enough if you're not tough enough. <laughs> and then Dunstan says, I'm really hoping chaos disbands after the match. Yeah, I, They might. And, and you know, the, the thing is, Great Okan has been talking about United Empire in different forms. Sometimes it sounds like he's preparing for life after it. Sometimes he's saying it'll be in a different form and we'll continue forward. Of the two, I think chaos is the most likely to split just because there isn't another leader that makes sense. Whereas you could make a point for a couple of different guys from United Empire. And uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if there could be a real there could be a real uh, mix and match of things going on going mm-hmm. forward, because there are some members of Hontai who kind of stand out, too. You know, like, is Desperado really a Hontai guy? You know, that, that there are places for these guys to go, I guess. I'm yeah, just saying got and, another and, match coming up that's also like. Where do you fit in in the grand scheme of things? Yeah. And we'll get to but that. again, just because it's Okada's very last one, I suspect that anything would be more of a hint. And then maybe the story plays out either at anniversary or the new Japan cup, you know, no reason to do it all at once either. You know, you can drag the intrigue out a little bit. If you were going to have a hot betrayal angle, which mm. I don't necessarily see with any of these guys, this would be the time to do it. If it's not, uh, to skyrocket a guy at Okada's cost, just let him have the goodbye after all this and move on with your plans. You don't want all your video packages afterwards to have Okada in there one last time when you can have a video package hyping up all your stuff and we can be free and clear and moving on. That's personally my philosophy on it, but they can do whatever they want. I'm still going to watch. <laughs> I've, been, I've been kicking around ideas on this, you know, like, fan, well, maybe we should do that at the end, but some, there are some fantasy booking ideas that, that, that to me would make some sense here that would yeah. involve uh, a big change as far as uh, chaos goes and maybe not even existing anymore. So, I mean, all I know is I'm looking at Wrestle Kingdom next year and it's Matt Riddle versus Jeff Cobb. That's it. <laughs> Could be. At some way, shape or form, I think Wrestle Kingdom next year is Matt Riddle and Jeff Cobb. And this is going to get us there in some way, shape or form. Be interesting to see what happens with these uh, two leaderless factions after this match. So, because yeah, there's a lot of good talent there. We have this one GOD versus GOD. So, this is the Jado Cup. We have El Fantasmo and Hikaleo facing Tamatanga and Tamatanga Loa. So, Tamatanga coming back for one more match so that they can have uh, all, you know, the whole gang is here. So, the, the GOD teams facing off here. 
as uh, Gorillas of Destiny, uh, Say Goodbye to New Japan Pro Wrestling, Hikaleo and El Fantasmo, the current G.O.D. tag team. So, yeah, I mean, I think this will just be a good match. It'll probably end with uh, hugs and handshakes. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a fun one. It could be that, you know, Tangaloa turned on somebody at the end of this because Tamatongo will take off and the other be like, <laughs> what is happening here? You know, Tama heads over to whatever his NXT opportunity could be. Uh, you still you think that's where he's headed? I think he's going to NXT, probably. Uh, I don't know anything other than it just seems like AEW wouldn't really have the... I don't think AEW is interested. I think they're, they're more of a... I was thinking TNA. I was. I thought TNA myself. I thought TNA me too, but uh, I I don't know if anyone's really interested in TNA at this exact moment. If you're not already signed with TNA, well, you know that's the yeah. That's well, that's a fair (laughs) point. It's a it's it's a bit tumultuous over there right now. Yeah. So I I don't know anything, but if I were reading the tea leaves, I think Tamatonga will be uh might be an NFT, and if he's good enough, maybe actually on the card by May or June. Dunstan Williams asks, "Is it worrying that the Hanare contract status is unclear?" Nah. To me, I, I don't. I don't see him. I don't see him going anywhere. I think he's pretty happy in New Japan. So. I think he's happy, and he. There are a lot of guys that do very, very well in New Japan because they've grinded and worked very, very hard. But they would not get a second glance in AEW or WWE, and I think Hanare, unfortunately, is one of those guys. And I don't know if he needs a breakout moment or an opportunity that he has so far not had. But I think his best opportunity for success continues to be New Japan. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think it's the best spot for him for at least another year. I mean, you can do another one-year deal and, and see where things land. Next match is this one. We have, this is uh, so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Nemeth and Ryusuke Taguchi teaming up against David Finlay and Ghetto. This here, Jeremy, hear me out on this. This goes to my point that this is going to be a title retention for Finlay. I feel like this is a place where Nemeth can get a clean win on Ghetto on his way out of town for now. So that that, you're right. After he loses the title match, you got to give him something on the way out so he beats Ghetto. You know, and Ghetto, of course, can sacrifice himself. He's the Booker. He's the one that protects a lot of the Bullet Club guys. He could do the job here uh, and uh, get the win. That's just my theory on this match. It could go that way, or it could go Finlay is so incensed that not only does he beat Taguchi, he puts him in a stretcher. Oh, my goodness. Well, Vankin mentions, why is Ghetto wrestling? Well, again, anytime you've got to go through a table. Anytime Ghetto gets into a match, I always look at it as who does he want to put over? Because Ghetto very rarely does anything but the job in the matches he's in. Not never, not never. But usually when he's in there, it's so someone else from Bullet Club doesn't have to lose and he can put somebody else over. And uh, Nemeth seems like an obvious choice here. If Nemeth lost the title match the night before, he goes out getting his hand raised here. All of these things are true, but sometimes you have to go against what you normally do to catch people off guard. Yep, you're right. You're right. After that one, we have the five set uh, singles five matches. (laughs) <laughs> yes, just five matches. And this will be uh, a match. It's uh, Takamichi Noku against Bushi. So we're starting with the, the the prelim guys, the guys that are not protected. The appetizer, sir. The appetizer, <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, But you figure this is probably going to come down to the last three. I figure they'll split the first two. or so, you know, What do you think here? Uh, I feel like it'll be two to two going into the title match, right? 
I think it'll be two and two going in the title match. I'm mm-hmm. leaning towards Taka Mishinoku just because they could do it. But honestly, by the time we get to the title, I'm more leaning towards making my decisions later on in the card than they are now. Okay. Uh, this is not what we're here for, but it will play a bigger part in the larger picture. Right. And speaking of which, uh, as things start to ramp up a little bit, we will have Hiromu Takahashi against Doki. Now, they've been telling the story that Doki's had Hiromu's number recently. He gotten a couple of wins on Hiromu uh, before uh, Fantastic Mania. And uh, so this will be uh, a clash between these two. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, Hiromu will probably get his wins back on, mm-hmm. on this I one. Think, I, I, I feel like he's going to win. I think this is the regress to the mean match. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be really good. I mean, those yes. two guys are true. And here's another one. Uh, Shingo Takagi, Taichi. Taichi is, of course, from this part of the country. I don't know if he's specifically from Sapporo, but he's always had, like, the this arena has always been a big-time building for him. And uh, his win-loss record in Sapporo is very, very strong. He's often gotten his biggest G1 win, for instance, in Sapporo. So I could see Taichi absolutely beating Shingo Takagi. We yep. know these two work great together. I could see Taichi getting a win here. His losses in Sapporo are always treated like a big deal, like, like title matches that he doesn't quite win type of stuff. Uh, but he usually comes through big in Sapporo. With that playing into things and needing some wins on the Just Five Guys side, I think this could be a win for Taichi. Um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go say, I'm going to say Bushi and Hiromu win the first two. I think Taichi, and then we'll get to the next match, (laughs) but then we'll go into that final match with momentum for one side, Mm -hmm. and it'll play into the final part of this match. When I watched the Rev Pro match between Trent Seven and Shingo Takagi, it struck me that Shingo Takagi has a signature match, just like Ishii has a match, just like Minoru Suzuki has a match. And there's a layout and a prompt to it. Sometimes when he has a opponent that he truly respects or he's immediately familiar with he can do his match within another match but if he doesn't have that guy it quickly becomes a shingo match Hmm. so with taichi i feel confident that we're going to get something more than just the standard shingo match because these guys have worked so well so frequently together yeah they they do work well together And, and i agree with you i think we could see it's swinging back toward the challenger side on things here. Uh, so t- I, that's just my prediction. But either way, this is going to be a great match. Whoever wins it, it's going to be a really good one. So, so it'll be and- two to one LIJ to just five guys before we go into the fourth match. All right. And the next one is hair versus hair. The beautiful locks of Yota Suji and the gorgeous uh, mane of Yuya Uemura on the line. Jeez, it's going to be hard to believe either one of these guys gets their head shaved. But Again, the story goes back to someone's going to go ha- have to go back to being a young lion, right? Uh, and uh, in a way, you know, young lions all have to start with their head shaved. You know. But Yoda Suji, Yuya Uemura, putting a pin in their feud for now. This has been very exciting. And I'll tell you what, the hair versus hair thing adds some real juice to this. And so I am fascinated by this. I am leaning toward Uemura winning mm-hmm. and Yuya, or, uh, Yuya winning and uh, Yoda Suji having to shave his head which uh, could propel him into a big run potentially in the new Japan cup or tear him down. And, uh, you know, he has to go through a bit of a crisis until G one perhaps, but uh, either way, it's, it's a setback for whoever loses. It's a big step forward for whoever wins. 
I, I'm leaning toward Uemura, though, to make it look like, oh, LIJ, or just five guys, has all the momentum going into the world title. Mm -hmm. I'm leaning toward Yuya winning this match and keeping his hair. I think this will be the beginning of a new direction for Yoda Suji that will probably turn him in a little bit more ruthless and turn him inwards towards LIJ, perhaps for not be not setting him up correctly for you know what I mean? Like you weren't you weren't the stable that I thought you were going into this match because if you were, I I you know what I mean? Like blaming them for his failure kind of thing. Uh, that's definitely a direction because they've hinted over and over and over again that eventually Yoda Suji is going to be wrestling everybody in just an LIJ, and it's just a matter of time. Uh, with that said, I think about the perception of these two guys. Yoda Suji came in last year with the whole video package and then immediately went into Dominion and wrestled Sonata and lost. And there was a discourse he should have won. There was an awareness of him. There is, he penetrated the wrestling, like, ecosphere enough that people are aware of Yonosuji in a way that he's got a greater recognition. Yuya Uemura does not have that right now. Mm -hmm. So if one of them were to lose, I would go with the guy who's already had a little bit of clout and can bounce back from it rather than the guy who's never really been in the position to get a lot of attention. And all of a sudden he's just a guy who's had his head shaved. He needs more, uh, more accomplishments to rise up to to make his fall back down mean more. Mm -hmm. It's just a guy getting his haircut if it's Yuya Urimura. But if Yoda Suji gets his haircut, it's a bigger deal. And that's why I'm kind of leaning towards Yoda Suji because there's way more to mine from it. And also, have you seen Yuya's hair? It's amazing. <laughs> they can't do it. <laughs> you cannot <Yeah>. cut that. <laughs> and I agree with Dunstan completely, by the way. This is the main event for me. I'm, I'm much more... Yeah. This feels like there's much more heat on it than the world title match, which I feel like everybody understands is is going to go a specific way. And uh, this one just has a lot more steam on it. I agree with you. Suji losing his hair is just more interesting. And it provides more variables. I, I just think it's the way to go. I, I hate to see that long hair go, but uh, I do think it's probably the right move overall. Right. Going into the New Japan Cup, going into the summer, to see Yoda Suji have to be uh, torn down and rebuilt in some way, whether that's in LIJ or not. Uh, but yes, uh, all day long, I agree with what you said. Doesn't mean they won't. Doesn't mean they won't do it. But uh, I, I just feel like this is uh, Uemura's thing, and uh, Suji has to swallow his pride. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. I think uh, I it, this is the main event in a lot of ways. I think. Yeah. After we get through all the other matches, I don't know who exactly is interested in Naito and Sonata one last time, seeing as even Naito appears to be looking past Sonata as much as uh, everyone else is. And it's funny, Jeremy, I'm kicking around this because I'm looking forward to Elimination Chamber. I think WWE has been really strong lately and I've been enjoying mm -hmm. it. I think, but I feel like I know who's going to win the two chamber matches and who's going to win the women's world title match. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. so. Uh, I think those matches are going to be terrific, but I, I this this feels like the main event of the weekend for me, not just in New Japan, but I, I think the match I'm most looking forward to is this hair match. So it's not the main event of the show, though. The main event of the show, of course, the IWGP World Heavyweight title match, it's Tetsuya Naito defending against Sonata. I know that anything can happen and all this stuff. I would be stunned if it was anything except Naito winning. He has basically been advertised 
and the main event against John Moxley for Windy City Riot. Mm-hmm. They've got this anniversary show coming up. Naito has to hold on to the title here, right? I mean, we tried Sonata as the world champion. It didn't take. We're not going to mm-hmm. make that mistake twice in a year, are we, Jeremy? I think this is a win for Naito going home. Um, They could do Sonata. I don't think they would. I think this is... I think this is a match to have a match and wrap up uh, Sonata in the upper mid card and just have him in the mid card and figure out what's next for uh, just five guys because they are quickly moving down to just five guys at the bottom of the faction list. Yeah, and and I think there's like I said, shakeups are coming and upheavals coming and all yes. that. Uh, you mentioned this is the season finale. It could end with just Sonata being denied and now he has to go back and look at his faction it just doesn't seem like any time to switch this naito and moxley is the match right you gotta do that and you gotta do that you gotta have naito in the main event of the anniversary show which isn't like they don't have long to sell tickets to that show putting sonata in the main event when it's proven he doesn't sell tickets makes no sense yeah no it's uh sonata isn't the guy and as much as anyone wants to no one's convincing us he's the guy like, yeah. that's the thing. There's no fight to this. There's no, right. we've there, seen, it. there's no pushback to anyone saying, well, Sonata could be the guy. Eh, okay. Like, it, it's a half hearted argument to be an advocate. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that what well, this sets up a lot of people for a possible run at the New Japan Cup. And, you know, some early contenders for that we've already mentioned. If, if Finlay isn't the global champion, I would have put him as the favorite to win the thing. If he is the global champion, then maybe not. But you also have Riddle. You have my theory too is it could be Shingo Takagi who goes up there and and that's the way to get to Shingo versus Naito, which I still think they want to do in some way. Uh, you could even shave Suji's head and have him do a run, just say you know in, in this. But you know the New Japan Cup is a way to get two faction members in a main event without breaking them up either. Uh, my other theory on that is that they might do something like they did last year, where Shingo wins the thing and says I'm starting my own faction. I just can't be the number mm-hmm. two guy anymore sure. uh and I, i've been advocating that for a while for shingo to go up to bishamon and said you guys don't have a leader right now come with me maybe he goes to jeff cobb and says that and takes him away from ue and that could get to riddle versus scott there's a lot of ways you could do things like this but the that, moment that would be the moment of. lij got the roll call at wrestle kingdom what else is there yeah and that's kind of the peak right yeah yeah like exactly you, 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 you've hit you, you've hit the peak now you tear it down so yeah. It could be that. Dunstan uh, says he doesn't think Suji can take another loss. I think he can. I think it'd be fine. Uh, I mean, that's personally me. I will say the guy that if he's in the New Japan Cup, and there's no guarantee that he is, is that if Hiromu Takahashi is in the New Japan Cup this year, he's winning the New Japan Cup. Well, that's another contender, isn't it? Because Hiromu was about the only person in the junior heavyweight division they felt comfortable uh, having uh, wins over heavyweights. And, and they've done it several times where Hiromo has beaten heavyweights in the New Japan Cup. And if you're going to go with Desperado, and you and I both agree that he's it's time to go ahead and run with Desperado, mm-hmm. you do need to have something for Hiromo to do. Yes. And Hiromo, I, you know, I just said like the never open weight title at some point would be something he could do because you know, take advantage of the open weight. But New Japan Cup has both juniors and, and heavies in there. I feel like he should definitely at least make the semifinals, maybe the finals of this thing. You need to start, you need to do something with Hiromu. He's too charismatic. He's too much of a star. 
but Desperado needs that run with the junior heavyweight title. So I, I'm I'm on board with that too. There are a lot of interesting contenders for that New Japan Cup. The other thing is, is if you do this, if you have Hiromu looking dominant, going and winning the New Japan Cup, that means in the middle of March, you have found out that one of the two main events for Windy City is guaranteed to be, to be a title match. Because mm-hmm. if Hiromu wins his match, his match against Mustafa Ali becomes an IWGP title match. If Hiromu or if Naito wins the match, his match against Moxley, because they would face off at Sakura Genesis a mm. week and a half before, and then you could book it, and then once Sakura Genesis is over, you can truly declare which one of these matches is a title match. You can keep the thorough line, the through line of title match versus title match versus title match, but also hit the notes of hitting the title matches organically about the ones that you want to do. If you start putting Hiromu in an IWGP title match and he's no longer in the junior heavyweight division and then he settles somewhere in the never open weight division, I think that's perfect. He'll still be a junior because here's the thing. Uh, that junior division is as much about height as it is about weight. And he, I, I just don't see them making him a long-term yeah. heavyweight because he's, he's, you know, he's just small. And I, I, it doesn't necessarily have to do with that, what the scale says, but also, I mean, it, it, he's good in the junior heavyweight division. He can wrestle all those guys and things. But, yeah, he is the one guy who can sort of uh, be larger than that division and mm-hmm. move up among the heavyweights sometimes. But, you know, like he couldn't – it would look weird for Hiromu to beat Cobb. It wouldn't look weird for Hiromu to beat Taichi. You know what I mean? Right. Like, even though Taichi's larger but not beat a mountain like Cobb. It's it's a delicate balance. Yeah. It's tricky. It's, it's all within the or, organics of the match itself. You know, no. you can make it work within certain dynamics and certain scenarios, but on a one-to-one where you're like, this guy versus this guy is like, you have to do a little bit more than that. Mm. Uh, the other one I thought about is like, Shota versus Jack Perry could be uh, a never open weight title match in Windy City. You can have a bunch of mm-hmm. title matches. Oh, yeah, yeah. They do have to do that, don't they? They got to yeah. do Shota and Jack at some point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Do you think he turns up in Sapporo? Does he take the flight? Not out of the question. Could cost him the match. Uh, Colin says we can't have uh, Hiromo winning uh, NJC again. Well, I think he means Super Juniors. He wins Super yeah. Juniors. Like he 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 wins it uh, near enough every year. Give me something different. He says, "Yeah, I, I I will agree with you." And Jeremy and I talked a little bit about this beforehand. And you know, Super Juniors is still a couple months away, but uh, we're not sure he's in the tournament this year. We think yeah. he might be on might be on to bigger things. And on, uh, but uh, we'll we'll see how. Again, this weekend is going to give us a lot of hints on what they're thinking. And yeah. uh, certainly the cup is going to tell us an awful lot too. So they have to have to make some changes. They are losing one of their biggest safety blankets in Okada. They've got to look at some new folks. And, uh, you know, I feel like Amino is going to be one of them. And, uh, you know, Hiromu, it says something that they sold all those tickets by really only announcing Moxley, Hiromu, Naito. Mustafa Ali has a following in Chicago. Mm-hmm. No question about that. He's part of it. But, Hiroma was one of the names they threw up there as come and see this guy. Mm-hmm. And it's a phenomenal advance that has to tell Bushi Road something that he's part of that mix of guys that you can draw a house with. They got they have they have the cards in the deck to be successful. And they yeah. just gotta they just gotta put it's it out in a way that people are like interested. Time to shuffle them. Get some All right, stuff. let's wrap this up, my man. I think we got everything. Oh, man, I can't wait. These two shows are going to be so good this weekend. So we will be back on Sunday. Now, keep in mind, Sunday is a big day for uh, Fight Game Media. Uh, of course, there's going to be all kinds of stuff going on regarding Elimination Chamber. 
Uh, don't forget the rap, by the way, that show. That's a WWE show. It's a fantastic podcast about that. Powerbomb shells will be back. Uh, they'll have a lot to talk about. They're keeping They'll be on earlier story. in the day before us. They're keeping this Booker T story alive by uh, telling these women's stories right here. It's very important. Rachelle Rose. Rachelle Rose. Is, yeah. And unfortunately, there's others that, that have that. Uh, anyway, they're giving voice to some people who need it. And uh, that's a very important show. It's always worth listening to. And then we will be back at our regular time here on Sunday. So that's uh, 530 Eastern, uh, 230 Pacific. And we will break down these two nights of uh, New Beginning in Sapporo. We will uh, let Saturday everybody digest everything with uh, Elimination Chamber and this and Collision and everything else. We'll be back on Sunday to uh, break down two huge shows. Can't wait, man. I'll see you in three days. All right. So for Jeremy Feinstein, I'm Stephen Conway. Thank you again for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you again very soon.